another episode of the black box podcast i'm your host ahmed and i'm your host john and this time we're going to talk a little bit about crypto and the recent things that have happened and have been going on and news and all that kind of stuff we're going to give our opinion on where we think things are going in that in that department uh i guess i'll start off by saying yeah we cannot give official financial advice we're yeah. not financial advisors, all good, that shit. Good, good work getting that out early, just so we don't forget. <laughs> I mean, we'll probably repeat it like five or six more times just in conversation. But, but we are going to give our opinion for educational purposes, yeah. Uh, yeah, so pretty much cryptocurrencies have been crazy volatile. You know, there's a lot of fear and plenty of cons that people throw around about it. But it also has been one of the best performing assets over the last 10 years, Bitcoin, you know, the biggest crypto that people usually know about and have heard of is actually the number one best performing asset over the last 10 years. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully we can make a little bit more sense of crypto. And it wasn't Bitcoin at like like a penny or pennies 10 years ago. Yeah. It's what, 60, what, hitting an all time high 60, today? It hit all time highs today. That's the reason really why we wanted to record this and it hit 67 i think at one point or high 66s oh thousand God. yeah and yeah the last previous was like 64,000 something and change which is insane because like the the like the high of what just a few months ago maybe a year ago the high was like 19k yep and now it's three times that which is insane things change quick yeah and it's crazy because on the day-to-day, it seems like it's a little more dragged out, but it usually just comes out of nowhere with these because a lot of people, I mean, we're, we'll get into it more, but it's kind of like this market co- goes in cycles, at least because th- it's this early on and it's in an adopt adoption phase. Every time it breaks that high, it's really more people buying into the idea of crypto and yeah. buying the idea. So like, oh, this is actually a yeah. valuable thing. Eventually, it would become a stable market asset kind of thing. But real quick before we dive in, I just wanted to say, I know this is probably going to be funny, but for anyone that is listening to this that knows me outside of the podcast, knows that this will probably be a good episode before we really even dive in. Super crazy about this stuff. I talk about it all the time, probably to an extent that annoys most people. Uh but yeah, I think it would be cool if we did this kind of thing every couple months just to get on the same page and give you a little update because in the crypto markets, a couple months can mean everything. Uh, and then, yeah, we can kind of look at the middle to long-term mindset as well for those that aren't just thinking about like, oh, I'm going to double my money or something uh, in terms of short-term trading. But yeah, let's get into this. Okay, so uh, we're going to talk about a few things, but this first section is going to be about just the recent news behind crypto. So today, which is in the community a huge day, a lot of people are celebrating, one, because of the money, but two, because like the, the progress that the idea of cryptocurrency has made. But Bitcoin, the leading crypto really, <clears throat> a highest market cap, crypto asset 
broke all-time highs, like we just said, that, you know, broke, it's looking to break 67 at some point. That would be the next test, but the last one before that was 64 or something. And now we're kind of, we're phasing out of the bear market and the consolidation that it was going through from middle end of May until now. And now we're back in like a super cycle, they call it, you know, bull run. And now this is where we're going to see the price, you know, increase rapidly. Or we don't, I mean, we don't know, but in the past, if it really follows the same cycle, it's going to increase pretty rapidly, then slowly increase, then start to taper off. And then it's going to go back down into a bear market. Uh, It is really cyclical, actually. It is cyclical. But uh, once again, you can't, you won't really know. Every climb is slightly different, but it usually ends in the same kind of outcome, which is another drop by about 30 to 50%. Yeah, no, it, and then that, that's when the fear comes in. That's when you hear about people banning crypto, which it take it takes yeah. one bad like article title, and then all of a sudden, like the stock market and crypto, they all just like could take such strong hit. It's like it's really all based on an idea, a belief of that everyone's it, buying it, imagine, into. You imagine know? you saw like there was an article. It's like the U.S. bans crypto trading, dude. Bit, like crypto would go to the floor but they said they're not which actually helped the case like it did the opposite now yeah it gave people more foundation when china said they were banning it in reality you can't ban crypto it can't be banned it doesn't live on any one thing that you could destroy it it's across many things you'd have to destroy probably every computer or phone at this point <clears throat> that's mining it and it's part of the network but yeah so like, what what do they what do they even do in China? There are ways, you know, like just block. having a wallet without being tracked to your name. Like you can have an anonymous wallet, a hard wallet, which is you holding it on like a key. You can't really like if they find it in your financial transactions that are part of public record yeah, yeah. or bank record, not public record, but it, it'll basically be you'd have to like launder your money. So pretty much, you have to launder to crypto. And that would probably be in in the way of buying uh, buying something that basically gives you crypt like something that does like a hidden transaction that really converts yeah. to crypto. Um, but yeah, other than the new all time high test, we'll, we'll have to see where that goes. If it does what it's done every other time, we're in good shape. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about was the recent i guess release and i guess it's also picking up steam some other funds or firms whatever are going to be releasing similar ones but a bitcoin etf which i mean there are a couple ways to look at this because if you're going to buy a bitcoin etf in a regular brokerage account you might as well bought bitcoin because the same thing you're subject to the same taxes all that stuff Maybe I don't know. Like, is the, this supposed to be less volatile or something? I mean, not really. It's going to be. Uh, is it just like pinned big- to the price of Bitcoin? I don't know exactly. I'm not a hundred percent versed in the, the specifics of the fund, but if it's going to be tracked to Bitcoin, then it's going to have to, uh, you know, 
range in prices it does because if it doesn't if it was less risk to the downside then that means it would have to be equally as much less risk to the upside which would be limiting mm-hmm. your gains you want it this is like a full exposure i guess to bitcoin itself gotcha um but yeah th- then there would really be no point the real advantage comes in when you'd use it in a retirement account like a 401k or ira because you can't buy crypto in those yet or anytime soon from what i'm i've heard of so you being able to buy into this etf exposes you to bitcoin and the possible gains and volatility yeah imagine uh you could like basically buy crypto with your like uh what's it called what 401k no when you get when you get paid a salary and like for a 401k you know how it's pre-tax income is there a word for that or is it just pre-tax yeah it's just pre-tax income yeah so when like when you have your like you could just put pre-taxed income into bitcoin and then pay taxes later yep i checked mine my 401k and ira don't have it yeah i need to check mine which is annoying old head company what it's it's an old head company yeah, thing boomer shit. you know you know we got we got the home depot etf we, <laughs> we got, got the stable got the market X- value growth fund the exxon mobile etf and then like all of the like you know how they have the ones that are like targeted for a specific year yeah. if you're gonna retire it's yeah like, i don't yeah, i'm not our, in any of the target funds i'm only in stocks right now i'll, really? I'll like move into less risky as time i, goes I on, have but. some in like the i think the 2065 retirement fund Vanguard ETFs. Dude, 2065. That's insane. Anyway. I ain't trying to be exposed to like a s- possible 6, 7, 8% gain. I need that. I want like a 20% gain. The economy is growing too fast at this point. I need my money to grow equally as fast. Yeah. All right. So, on in the nearer scale, right? Let's go from, we're talking about 2065. Let's talk about the next year or by the end of this year. Because I know. I know you have thoughts about where Bitcoin, where you think Bitcoin will go. Again, not financial advice. Yeah. Uh, okay. If you look at the past runs and like here we're talking percentages, we're not talking points because we're talking the move relative to what Bitcoin is, was worth at the time. Uh, probably go somewhere a little bit under 100K per coin. Somewhere maybe between 80 and 95 who knows it could i mean yeah just looking back at history but like look when it was at 19k it ran to about 30 something before it consolidated a little and then ran again but uh dude the 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 run from 19 no it was at like 8k for so long then it went to 19 then it went to 30 and the run from 19 to like 60 that that first run was insane 19 dollars or like 19,000 yeah, to 60 to 60,000 like that was just insanity so so it's really going to be something similar to that nature like then again you can only approximate percentages but dude like looking back i wish it's going to go wild dude if you bought bitcoin two years ago it was like six seven eight nine thousand like dude, I, you I, could I, be you whatever you Whatever you put in, you have what ten x. At one point, I own ten ETH. Yeah, and that's going to be worth probably ten k soon. It's over ten k already. No, Ethereum isn't it? It's, it's four like, four thousand. It just passed four thousand a coin. Oh, uh, 
If, Those price predictions are saying about 10k. We have 4,000. You had 10 of them? Yeah. That's, and I, that's and like, I sold because I. That's car in a bad or house spot. money, bro. Yeah. I learned my lessons early. But yeah, I mean, we could talk. Uh, we can mention some other cryptos too, not just Bitcoin or ETH. I mean, uh, Ethereum, and, Ethereum, Dogecoin, and Litecoin are like the extent of my knowledge. From Robinhood? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I've owned them too as well. Yeah, we already talked about that. I missed. We all missed out on a bunch of money from Doge at one point or another. Like we all yeah. bought in and sold after we doubled our money. No, I still, I still have some in Doge. Oh, really? Up 200%, but at some point it was up like six or 700%. Oh my gosh. Oh, wait, no, maybe it was more. Dude, when when Dogecoin was at like 70 something cents, I think 73 cents, it was insane because I went in at eight cents. I was just like. I owned it like a third of a cent. Dude, I had it at uh, 0.002 and I had like 100,000 Doge. And I was like, like dude, was if, I, if I just held on to that. And this this wasn't even that long ago. Like I didn't no. really get into investing until COVID. Like maybe just before COVID, right? And I got re- like I got more into it during COVID. Yeah. I had I had Dogecoin like in 2020 for like like a quarter of a cent. And now it's like it reached 70 cents. It's insane. Yeah. All right, keep keep going. <laughs> What other, uh, what other cryptos are there for? Oh no, I. I, I guess heads. maybe yeah, I could start by saying like there are a, so many different cryptocurrencies that are way smaller of a market cap than Bitcoin or Ethereum, but a lot of them actually do serve a good purpose, and I could see them being implemented in to function society in general in the future. It yeah, was some what was of the, the one that you said was going to ascent. Oh, Shiba Inu? <laughs> yeah, but that's not... I don't see that having any... I think they have smart contracts <laughs> on Shiba. <laughs> but I don't... I, I'm into that for the hype. Like, I just sense that maybe a big run could come. Yeah. And I, I'm willing to lose the money I have in there. Um. Then there's... But there's ones like, you know dot polka dot or chain link or cardano that kind of are starting to well not much cardano but dot link and solana those three and many others they kind of instead of trying to be like a broad function like a whole new market they're trying to fill like a specific niche that could be like an application on top of blockchain as it already is so like what what what's an example like what would dot do do you know? Okay. It's a decentralized network that connects smart contracts to external data. Smart contracts are basically, I think I talked about this a bit in the first one, but it's basically gives you the ability to run a function on top of the blockchain and have that function or action registered into the blockchain. So it's been verified by the chain itself. Um, but chain link, is it like basically an addition on top of this that allows smart contracts to connect to external data and it aims to bring real world data onto the blockchain. Uh, and then it allow it basically is to allow smart contracts to interact with 
real world events and information that would exist off the blockchain. So it's Dude, this it, it's like a portal that lets you take data that normally wouldn't be on blockchain data because it in the future at as much as we want all data won't be on the blockchain. It basically gives you a way to get that into smart contracts into the blockchain, let you run functions where they do a bunch of shit, run decentralized applications on it. Dude, this act it chainlink actually sounds more like a like a product than a currency. It's like it's like a transformer that you can use, right? To turn your data yeah. into like to transform physical or like collected data to the blockchain. Okay. And Polkadot is kind of similar, but a little different. Um, basically, Polkadot uses a multi-chain architecture and it enables, it basically allows external networks. So maybe not necessarily external data, but external networks to make connections to the blockchain. So both of these give you the ability to connect to outside the world. So it would, the purpose is to integrate blockchains into our everyday life and data and functions. So we don't have to conform to it, but it would be able to conform to how we already function as well as grow from that. Yeah. That was uh, was quite a deep technical dive. I did want to share one thing, though, that, that kind of brings us out of this technical black hole. Um, Solana, which is another uh, cryptocurrency, also starting some work in their own NFT space. But earlier this year, they, I mean, not even long ago, maybe a couple months ago, the it was originally valued at 24 and ran all the way to 180 before it pulled back a little bit dude that's 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 like 900 percent almost 800 percent wow um that's wild. all right so like with all with all like the cryptos just flying up in value do you think it's too late to get into the game or uh no definitely not i don't know do you see this as something that'll continue and like will be even furthered with like our generation and future generations. Yeah. I believe that we're still early. We're still in an adoption phase. The price is way too volatile for us to be like settling down anytime soon. We're like, I feel like we're years and years away from that. Yeah. I do think we do get to a point. But- I do think that we do. <laughs> I think that we do get to a point where this is traded like a currency, Bitcoin. And then I think, the other cryptocurrencies exist for their own reasons, and I think we integrate them. So, would crypto become part of forex trading? I feel like that if that happens, then the entire crypto run up was an L. <laughs> forex trading, <laughs> forex trading would probably not exist. Yeah, actually, no. I, I mean, it probably would. People trade against. I mean, you buying Bitcoin is you trading Bitcoin USD. Yeah, that's true. You're trading Bitcoin slash USD. People that are in other countries are trading their currency against Bitcoin. Yep. So Dude, technically I, it already exists. I would I would put all of my money in like uh like if you if you had X amount of money, right, in the US actually no, this is probably, this is probably illegal. I was gonna say if you put all your money in a different country, yes, yeah, this is definitely illegal. <laughs> and then you bought crypt all like crypto with that money you'd get in at a currency that's going to plummet and like you you maybe you get in cheaper actually nah no because the value of bitcoin itself is what we're trying to gain on yeah never mind 
you if that if the currency was going to tank you could do that technically with any other counterpart that would be you trading against that one currency so yeah i mean if, if you if you are in like uh like if you were living in a country where the economy is not doing too you hot, should yeah you probably the, should like you, el salvador you know yeah you have like you have something to gain from it el salvador they Except yeah, Bitcoin, but, they made it their primary currency. I don't know. Like with all, like you said, there were so many cryptos. Yeah, there's so, like, so many. Not all of them can like do well, and like some of them are just gonna go to zero, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's all in one people adopting it, and two the technology behind it being worthy for it to be adopted. But with that being said, there's a lot out there that claim to be something. And are really just a pump and dump bullshit shit coin. <laughs> and, you know, the whole point is for a bunch of people that knew about it early, probably friends of the people who created it or along those lines, like insiders, buy a bunch of it, let it get pumped to shit, and then dr- dump all their shares. And because they own so many, they have a high ownership percentage, yeah. they dump it. And then fear comes in and people just start selling and selling and selling. And then it's worth absolutely nothing. And... And you just got bagged. <laughs> you just got fucking bagged. Um, yeah, but it all depends on how your investment risk profile is and your risk tolerance. Because just with that being said, you could also play the counter side. And that is you're exposing yourself to way more gain. So if you get out, get in at a really low level, you can 10x your money in weeks time type deal. my opinion if if i was able to start over and kind of what i even do now but i have a most of my money in the stable coins that are still growing at a really good rate things that i believe in the technology behind and then i find projects or smaller cap coins that i also believe in what the future could hold for them where their plan has it and then i buy a little bit and then I basically just, you know, hold on to it for a while and I expose myself with a little bit of risk, but then I am also opening myself up to those possibly huge gains where I 10 X hundred X my money because it just goes from like a cent to multiple dollars. Imagine how great of a feeling it is to ha- like, to be that guy that just like 10,000 percented your money on something. Like, there's so many people on Twitter that I follow, like from crypto Twitter, and it's just them talking about how like, they have so, so much somebody, money they just don't know what to do with their life anymore because they bought like ten thousand bit or they yeah they bought or mined ten thousand Bitcoin back in like 2010, 2011, and now they're worth billions of dollars. And it's like, it's like they're just you could have just been like a normal and they, average yeah. person. And all of a sudden, you just have so much money. Now they have so much money that they can basically play God on this. Like, race. how many yachts could you actually... You can't buy that many yachts. Yeah. If you think about it. Like, how, how, how frequently are you going to use a yacht? Not very often. Not enough to have multiple. Yeah. Maybe you could have, like, two or three. Also, the other way to approach it, and if... Because not everyone's an active investor. Most people just like to be passive. They want to put their money in and do keep going on their day. That is probably more like a dollar cost averaging method, which I always say is like a smart thing to do because it doesn't require a lot of thinking. And unless you actually 
know what you're doing when trading. This is probably just the way to go for you. This is what most people do with their retirement accounts. It's just basically buying the same amount of money's worth of a certain asset every week, month, day, a, a fixed time interval, you put the same amount of money into that asset. And if you want to be a little bit more active, you could go for something like dip buying, but you can combine these honestly both into one method that works out really well. You like, dollar cost average, so you're constantly keeping yourself exposed at a higher level. If you still think if that, if your conviction stays the same and the, the theme of the asset doesn't change, you you could keep dollar cost averaging and you're adding the same amount of money in your because if you were to take, say, your entire amount that you want to invest ever and mm-hmm. buy it at one price, you could what if you bought the top? Now you're just constantly and then you have to ride the lows and the rebounds and the bounces and all that stuff just to maybe never get break even. If you dollar cost average then you're constantly lowering your average, hiring your average. You're following basically the the volume, the average of the price, yeah. but you just keep putting more and more into it over time. And, but then, with the sentiment that you know the market will go up long term, yeah. you're going to constantly be growing. You you have stage levels of money up. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's basically what you do with your four hundred one k. Yeah. You just put same thing same amount yep. every same thing two weeks or whatever it is. The only addition with dip buying is say. That's like keeping a little bit of chunk of money on the side that you have dedicated just to buying dips, just to adding to your portfolio on really low days. So say you have been dollar cost averaging crypto. The day Bitcoin crashed, you could have put that lump sum in at the low and now you just lowered your average by a bunch and now you expose yourself with minimal risk because once once a trading asset like that builds a support, you know, it's hard for it to break below that. So you're at a low risk risk ratio, like your return to reward or risk to reward, whatever you want to call it. Um, Are you saying like if if like some if some kind of stock or crypto has like a really bad day, right? Yeah. The next day can't also be really bad. No, it can. But the whole point is, you can tell this by looking at a chart or really just by where the previous prices were. If the last time crypto ran, it ran it ran from 19 to 30 and then built a little support by consolidating at 30 and then continued to 60. You see how it never really dropped below that 30? It was able to build a support there. So you so you buying in at that support level, you would either know right away once it goes under a certain level, like once it goes under 30, I have to be out because now I know it's going to continue lower and I don't know where the next stop is. But okay. if you're if you're getting in at that support level and it doesn't break that support, it's probably never going to break it and it'll just continue back up. And then you got in at a low level of risk and now you're exposing yourself to all this upside to the next previous high. All right. So <laughs> last, last question. Then yeah. we'll, and then yeah. I guess we'll end it. How do you determine what a support level is? So if you're, when you're looking at a chart, you're basically going to see parts of the chart that, there's like a small range that it bounced back and forth in between before it either makes a large move to the upside or a large move to the downside. Uh, that area where it consolidates would be the support or resistance. It just depends on what side of it you're on. If you're under that level, it would be a resistance because it would resist you 
basically through that them. bouncing back and forth that means there was a lot of volume traded in there like there's a lot of trades outstanding there's a lot of open orders at that at those levels people want to get in there they want to sell there so basically because there's a lot of trades that are logged to be ready to trigger at a certain price point in that range it's usually harder to cleanly break out of that range yeah so holy shit i'm out of breath um basically if you're below that level, that would be a resistance because now you have to break through all that volume to get back up to the upside. But if you're already above that support level, now it would be a support. And it would basically be supporting you from going any lower, from breaking back down. Gotcha. A, a lot of common plays are usually like, it'll break out, you'll it'll retest and come back to that support level, and then it'll break out even higher. That's what's happening right now. Bitcoin had a crazy long run. There was a lot of breaks where it was just really big movement, really big candles. So yeah, there's not that much volume in there. Uh, at least volume, like order-wise, outstanding orders and stuff. So then it it fell all the way back down to the previous support, and now it seems to be bouncing up after you know it did its thing, shook out some weak hands, some fear and shit going through with banning crypto in China, all that stuff that all comes into play, all that shit. The one tell when it comes to this kind of, not the one tell, but a tell and indicator that could help is look at what the people with a lot of money are doing. This whole time, the whales is what they call them. Whales are people that own like a certain amount of Bitcoin or a large sum, a large amount of it. They never stopped buying. They started buying more at these levels. They were going in crazy. That's an indicator that they know it's like, they, no one knows what's going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. but they've they been through this before. They have experience. These are the pros. We should look at what the pros are doing as if we would in any other profession, right? And they post that? People will talk about it on crypto, on Instagram. You can look all this stuff up. And you can look up on websites like trading volume. Like when you see a lot of abnormal volume, normal people with normal amount of money are not buying there. Like people with a lot of money with millions of dollars to put on this are buying. So that's an indicator. Could help in the future. But yeah, maybe I should shut up now. Yeah, I guess we'll finish up. I know John probably uh, got a little excited with this uh, this mini episodes topic, but I just went off, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's uh, a little crypto update.